The TNT Shop has great gift ideas for your furry family member. And we don't mean your Aunt Dolores. You stink! The TNT Shop has it all at tntradio.live. This is the Steve Malzberg Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, folks, welcome aboard. It is four minutes past the hour of 9 p.m. on Monday here on the uh, east coast of the United States. And you know what day and time it is. Wherever you are listening to the Steve Malzberg Show, which begins right now, um, we're going to have a, a guest. Mike McCormick will rejoin the show. Of course, uh, he has exposed uh, many episodes of <laughs> Joe Biden, thinks Joe Biden's a criminal, has a book out to that effect, and has offered his his findings, his knowledge. He was a stenographer for Barack Obama. He flew on a plane, took a trip with Joe Biden more than once, says Biden engaged in criminal activity. But the authorities don't care what he has to say. And this is Joe Biden's birthday. Hee-haw! 81. Doesn't look a day over 80 and a half, right? I mean, my goodness. No, God bless him. It's not his fault. You know, that he that he 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 falls down, that he mumbles, that he stumbles, that he goes up to six year old girls like he did today and said, well, are you 17? Doesn't he wish? I guess he couldn't smell her hair. I think he's programmed to be able to tell what a little girl what a little girl's age is by how her hair smells. Couldn't get close enough to smell her hair, apparently. Sick, sick. That's sick stuff. And that's not new. That's not 80 year old Joe. That's been going on since he was vice president and maybe before. All those videos that are out there of Joe sniffing little girls while he, he swears in the, the 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 father into the Senate and they bring the he brings the family and he goes up to these little girls and grabs them by the waist, smells their hair, pushes their hair aside, kisses their neck. That's sick, sick stuff. And it's been going on for a long time. But what I just said, remember, never happened. Media will never tell you that. You just got to go see it for yourself. So a lot of things you could go see for yourself, even though the media either won't tell you or they'll deny it. Don't you find that? Especially with the, the war in Israel, the media sticking up for Hamas, Hamas, Hamas. And every time, every time they quote the Israeli Defense Forces, they say, and there's we uh, CNN has been unable to independently verify that. I don't hear them saying that about Hamas. <laughs> what do you mean independently verify? What are you, you going to go count the bodies? You going to go down in the tunnels and show me what they found? I, I mean, what do you mean you can't independently verify? It's such nonsense. And we're going to get a little later. Hopefully we'll have time for, you know, this Mahmoud Abbas, the man that birthday boy, Joe Biden wants to take over the Gaza Strip once Israel finishes annihilating Hamas uh, with the Palestinian Authority, Abbas is one of the worst. Abbas, as Benjamin Netanyahu said on Sunday or Saturday night, still hasn't condemned the Nazi slaughter of the uh, Israelis on October 7th. He's insinuated that Israelis had something to do with, with, the, with the murder of Israelis, the murder of Israelis. That means intentional. He 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 still as but Bibi pointed out. And how many times have I said this? How many times have I said this? He says the PA, a boss, teach their kids to kill the Jew, teach their kids to hate the Jew. 
And this is who Joe Biden, it's really Barack Obama, but you know what I mean. This is who this administration, led by the birthday boy, wants to put in charge of Gaza once Hamas is gone? Really? So they could teach the kids to kill the Jew out of Gaza instead of Hamas doing it? <laughs> and do you ever hear CNN talk about that or any of them, any of them? So a lot out there, but let's stick to Joe Biden. And again, he wrote a piece. I think it was the Wall Street Journal just two days ago saying that the PA has to take over, you know, Gaza and all these conditions and preconditions and all these things. He's mapping. Barack Obama is mapping out the aftermath of the war for Israel. How nice of them. How nice of them. Isn't that sweet? Yeah, it's so wonderful. Touching, touching. Okay, so Joe Biden was doing a bunch of things today. He was at this event where, like I said, he went up to a six-year-old girl and said, uh, how old are you, 17? Did then some the kid, the, the brother or something said, no, she's whatever. And he says, how old are you? Is this something well, we know there's something wrong, but with kids, with young girls, and it's been going on for a while. We've seen them touch them for years, years. Now, before he, I guess it was before he got to the six-year-old girl that he was fascinated with, um, he pardoned two turkeys. You know, every year the president of the United States pardons the couple of turkeys. They won't be slaughtered. They won't be served up. On the Thanksgiving Day table, they're going to live a sheltered life, I guess. Just keep them away from Biden's dogs. That's all I got to say. Um, so here it's it's um, Liberty and Bell, the name, the two names of the turkeys. So Biden's talking about him and talking about him. And then he says this bizarre thing, which is par for the course for him. Um, he didn't sniff the turkeys. Would have been interesting. But he said this. Uh, 219. Now, just to get here, Liberty and Bell had to beat some tough odds, the competition. They had to work hard to show patience and be willing to travel over a thousand miles. You could say even this harder than getting a, a ticket to the Renaissance tour or 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 Britney's tour. She's down in it's kind of warm in Brazil right now. Look, of course. Of course, it's not Britney Spears's tour. It's Taylor Swift's tour. And I guess the reason he said it's hot in Brazil right now is because a young lady, a young girl, not little girl, a teenage girl or a young woman died at one of the concerts, causing Taylor Swift to cancel, I think, the next concert. And, you know, I, I don't know what she died of. It appeared she died maybe from the heat because that's what they insinuated. I haven't read a report that further uh, explained the death. But just listen to him. Listen to him. Brittany, it's hot. Uh, it's hot in Brazil. What does that have to do? What does that have to do with what you just said? What does that have to do with it? <laughs> Who cares about the weather in Brazil? <laughs> Please. That this is the least, um, you know, significant of what he has said that that where he doesn't know what he's saying. But still in all, it's just another day in uh, Joe Biden land, I guess we could call it now. Um, there was a poll that NBC revealed over the weekend. They revealed it on Meet the Press and the media is going nuts with it. Most of them. It's just more Look, that the goal is to get Joe Biden out to drop out, have to drop out, 
whatever. That's the goal of the media. That's that's what Barack Obama wants, I believe. And that's what they're going to do for him. Okay, so uh, here they are uh, talking about the poll. This is um, uh, Steve Karnacki uh, with um, Kristen Welker, the host of Meet the Press on Meet the Press, talking about some of the highlights of the poll. Are you ready? Here is cut number two. Oh, six. President Biden, what is his job approval rating? We measure it now at 40% with 57% disapproving the significance. That is the lowest President Biden has ever measured in our poll in terms of job approval. And just look at the sea change from the start of this year. Remember, early this year, Democrats coming off a strong 2022 midterm. He was almost even. Now he's 17 points underwater on this question. Significant dip there, Steve. It it is. And you can actually, if you take a look here by party, I think it's significant for two reasons. One, independence, obviously, more than two to one disapprove. You don't want to be there as an incumbent president. But I think equally significant, no surprise, 7% of Republicans approve of Joe Biden's job performance. But three times as many Democrats, 21 percent, that's more than one in five, say they disapprove. You need much more unified support in your own party if you're going to have a successful reelection campaign. Well, he's not going to get that support in his own party. Um, He's not going to get it because a majority of Democrats, overwhelming majority of Republicans, overwhelming majority of independents support Biden's handling of the war uh, with Israel. Democrats, he's underwater. They don't support it. Why? Because just about every anti-Semite that you see out there on the streets and in the universities and in the streets of the cities in this country and wherever else, they're Democrats. I mean, they were, they're, they're leftists. They're not, they're not wearing MAGA hats. Now, there was a, a Nazi group that that marched 11 or 12 of them in uh, Wisconsin, I think, over the weekend. Not good. But you know what? I don't think they broke anything. I don't think they tore down anything. I don't think they tried to smash their way into buildings. I don't think they were climbing poles, taking down flags. So Biden's in trouble, and they know it. And here's more uh, on the poll on NBC. Here's cut 207. On foreign policy, 33% approve of Joe Biden's job performance. Just in September, we asked the same question, and it was 41-53. These numbers surprised our own pollsters, Steve, with one saying he cannot remember a time when a foreign entanglement that didn't involve U.S. troops had the capacity to transform the electorate. And that's not the case in this poll. No, and go even a step further on this one. I think this jumps out at you, too. Overall, this is the handling of the Israel-Hamas war. And again, it kind of measures overall up with Biden's foreign policy approval. But look at this. Among the oldest group of voters, 65 Mm. plus, there's a majority who approve of how Biden is handling this. That's plus 12. Look at the youngest group of voters. 20 approve, 70 percent disapprove. He is 50 points underwater with the youngest group of voters. That is a 62-point net swing between youngest and oldest on this topic of Israel and Hamas. Yep. And as I said, I I saw numbers, uh, I believe it was from that poll, um, that that are similar with, again, Republican support overwhelming, independent support overwhelming for Biden handling the war uh, in the Middle East. Uh, But Democrats, no like. No like. Um, here's one more finishing up the uh, the poll. Cut the 208. 
If we are heading towards Trump, Biden, a rematch in 2024, how does that look in our polling right now? Here it is. Wow. Donald Trump we have at 46 percent, Biden, 44. And this is significant because this is the first time in the history of our poll that former President Trump beats President Biden still within the margin of error, but still significant. Yeah, it's 2019, 2020, when Trump was president, he trailed all of them. This year, he's trailed all of them in our poll. First time in more than a dozen polls, we've seen a result like this. Some of the other ingredients that go into that, Biden has long had an advantage over Trump on likability. Look, at the start of this year, 39% said they had a positive view of Biden, barely 30 of Trump. We've seen consistently a gap like this. Now, the gap is gone. Mm. 36 positive on both, and actually Biden, one point more negative than Trump. <laughs> oh, my goodness. They're, they're going out of their minds. But, but, you got to go over to Joe Scarborough and Little Mika on MSNBC for Morning Joe this morning, uh, as I said, on MSNBC, and they started here with a soundbite, a soundbite, with a video. Um, Going to take a little getting used to. Uh, with a video of is it Colin Jost, J-O-S-T, on Saturday Night Live. He's at the, the news desk. You know, you, you, you'll you see him in a second. And um, talking about Biden. And then Joe and Mika will respond briefly. And then there's more. But watch, uh, watch cut two number 216. After President Biden's successful meeting with China's President Xi Jinping, reporters asked Biden if he still believed that she was a dictator. And I don't know if Biden was supposed to say yes, because look at this reaction from Secretary of State Anthony Blinken. And you still refer to President Xi as a dictator. This is a term uh, that you used earlier this year. Well, look, he is. <laughs> oh, man. That's the same face I make when my uncle starts a story by mentioning the race of the waitress. <laughs> it's actually the same. It's actually the same. It's actually the same face I made when I heard Biden say this about LL Cool J. LLJ Cool J. <laughs> by the way, that boy's got. That man's got biceps bigger than my thighs. <laughs> J Cool J? I think the second J stands for Jesus. <laughs> That's pretty good. All right, we can have fun. Okay, we're, we're going to have fun. But notice, notice, they played that bite where Biden makes a racist remark, a, a blatantly racist freaking remark. He forget it. Yeah, he called him LJ, LLJ, Cool J, whatever. Oh, uh, and, and, after it, that's what the anchor, uh, 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 Colin, harps on. LLJ, Cool J, called him boy. That boy, he's a very middle-aged kind of adult, isn't he? So he said man, that man right after he said it, but he said that boy has said that man has called him a boy. And at the time, there were those who said it, it was not in the mainstream, but said that was racist. So notice how Colin Jost on, CNN, on SNL heard none of it. Didn't exist. All he heard was the LLJ Cool J. <laughs> he called him boy. But he didn't hear it. And I'm warning you, you didn't hear it. 
You didn't hear it. Remember, didn't happen. Just remember that. All right. So now we go to Morning Joe and Little Mika. Uh, they're going to have fun now, baby. You ready? Here's cut number uh, 217. By the way, happy birthday. happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy Mr. birthday to President Biden. Yes. Uh, Many people take advantage of this day to talk about the one thing they think is wrong. I know, because <laughs> I will say that, that no, seriously, yeah, I mean, you, you look at how old he is. And if you remember, just look back through history, like just recent history, um, when Warren Buffett turned 81, mm. you remember everybody, they, they pulled all their money. Out of Berkshire Hathaway, right. no, I and think and they so. and he and he turned eighty one like a dozen, twelve years ago, a dozen years ago, and then oh wait, I think he had hmm? his most successful decade ever. Oh, okay, well there you go. There, oh, and Donald that's Trump. fascinating. Okay, anyhow, so what idiot Joe Scarborough and Mika are trying to tell us is that you'll people who are in their eighties will have their best performance at the job that they do. I mean, this is the same Joe Scarborough who last week, and I played it for you, told us that child poverty is down to like an all-time low this year, he said, when of course there are no stats for this year, but last year it was up almost 5-0% from the year before. So watch what you, you know, you got to take it with a grain of salt when he says anything. But here, so because if this is true, if this is true, that people pulled their money out because he turned 81, 80 years old or whatever, 12 years ago, and he had his best decade in the 80s, uh, in his 80s. Well, the markets did pretty good, but that aside, good for him. Good for him. There were some people who who could bike ride and 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 and, and you know, and probably have in-depth scientific conversations in their 80s. And then there are some people much worse than Joe Biden in their 80s. And then there are people like Joe Biden who barely gets by with, you know, reading from cards and falling down and mumbling and staring into space. So to imply because one person, again, let's say, let's assume it's true. He had the best days, you know, big, big, huge financial genius because he had his best decade when in his 80s. What does that mean for, for Joe Biden? What does it mean for anybody else in their 80s? It means nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing. Crazy, just crazy. Oh, well, then, you know, we should all find doctors in their 80s. We should all find financial advisors in their 80s. We should all look for accountants in their 80s. We should if get in trouble, look for a lawyer in his 80s. That's what Joe Scarborough is telling us. Hey, you want to make sure you get to your destination? Go fly on a plane that has a pilot in his 80s. Joe, you could lead the way on that one. I'll buy you the ticket one way. How stupid. Okay. Well, how stupid do they, does he think we are? And not me. He knows I'm not stupid. I used to fill in for him, which is a long story. Um, and by telling you what his boss told me will only make me look like a fool because you're not going to believe me, but I know what I was told. Um, not about Scarborough, about me. Uh, <laughs> here is uh, one more, I believe. Here is cut 218. It's not getting better. He thinks he's running against Barack Obama. Uh, he gets confused and rattled. Uh, 
you know, he talks about how Joe Biden could lead us into World War II. Uh, very, very dazed and confused up there sometimes. And I'm, I'm man, I'm worried <laughs> about his age. I know you are too. We, I mean, you have to be worried about his age and the fact that he's running against a president he thinks that hasn't run for office in over a decade. <laughs> New polling from NBC News has Donald Trump ahead of President Biden by two points, 46 to 44%. Excuse me one second. I've got a yawn. Hold on one second. You're yawning. I know, because this is a pattern. This is the end of the world, according to Democrats. According, I, let, let's pattern. just say it. According pattern. to David Axelrod, who, by the way, mm. said Biden was toast several times in 2020. This is the end of the world. According to Democrats in Washington, they need. OK, uh, I don't know what they need, but they need something. Uh, look, here's the deal. Here is the deal, ladies and gentlemen. They, they were talking about Donald Trump, obviously. He's losing it, of course, to them. Not Biden. Not Biden. Biden's going to is smarter than ever because he's in his 80s. Trump is 77. OK, and. Because he apparently he at once he said Biden will lead us to World War II. Oh my God! Get it? It's just like when he was president. It's just like when he was president. If he sneezed and didn't say uh, excuse me or 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 whatever, oh oh, get him out, get him out, get a, get a shrink. Let's put a shrink on TV and they could tell us how how messed up mentally he is. Or when he had to lift a glass of water because something was wrong with his arm, so he had the glass and he had to do this. To, oh, you see what Donald Trump had to do? Oh, he's unqualified. He can't serve anymore. They're nuts. Biden falls. You heard him how they talk about Biden. Falls, falls asleep, mumbles, stumbles, goes up to little girls, doesn't know what he's saying. He's in his 80s. Trump, he's a, he's he's out because he said once Biden will lead us to World War Two. And when they say he thinks he's running against Barack Obama, he does what I do. But he does. Now, maybe he slipped once because it's always on his mind. He believes Obama's running the show. Trump does, as I do, as I've said since since before Biden was elected. OK, since before Biden was elected, which was 2020. So, yeah, so I, I wasn't on TNT at the time when I started saying it, but I've been saying it on TNT since I've been here in August, since August of 22. I say it all the time and I'm more and more convinced and more and more people are convinced and Trump is convinced. So that's what he alludes to sometimes when he says, yeah, we will be Barack Obama because he because he, Obama's running the country through Joe. And of course, they seize on that. It's just so, and again, there's no depth anymore to Scarborough, Mika. There's no depth. They just say they, they say stupid things that, again, in my analysis here, I think you've seen they don't make sense. There's nothing. There's nothing to them. They don't hold water. Whether it's about Biden or whether whatever they're talking about, it just it does doesn't fly. Doesn't fly. Okay. Whew. So for those of you who are just you know tuning in for the first time because of the the video aspect. Boy, did you miss a lot. Um, but we talk about media. We talk about media a lot. Um, that's one of my areas of expertise. Of course, 
Every area is an area of my expertise, if I say so myself. My history, WABC Radio, WOR Radio, both in New York for a total of about 30 years. Uh, first show at Newsmax TV. Um, and uh, that was uh, back in 2013, day after the Super Bowl. First guest, Donald Trump. First time I interviewed Donald Trump, 1982 or three, because he bought the USFL um team in New Jersey, the New Jersey Generals. There was no sports talk radio at the time, no 24-7. I was involved with a sports talk show hosted by a gentleman named Art Rush Jr. So we had him on several times. He took us to lunch at Trump Tower. We would do our show before fights at Trump um, Plaza in Atlantic City, where he had the, where the fights took place. So I've known Trump you know, forever. Then when I switched to politics, um, Probably when it got to WOR around 2007, eight, he started coming on with me once a month or so. And at Newsmax, I interviewed him several times while he was running for president, made a lot of news with him as well. Uh, Google it. Anyway, and, you know, we talk about everything and anything, a lot of sound bites, great guests. So I, and I, and I speak from the heart. I speak from the heart. I don't make things up. Nobody gives me talking points. Okay. What you see is what you get. That's the bottom line, except for the hair, which has been dyed recently. <laughs> I'll admit it because it's going to get grayer. So what can I what can I say? But anyway, we'll come back and uh, hopefully we'll be joined by uh, Mike McCormick. I'm Steve Malsberg right here on TNT. <laughs> My baby's back from the West Coast. <laughs> Hear those pictures that you asked for for your school project? First day of school, cute as a button. <laughs> so long ago. Oh, here's Grandma Florence after that flood wiped out the whole neighborhood. Sometimes I just cannot believe all the storms we've gone through here. I can only hope that we'll be able to leave this house to you one day, baby. You're our legacy. Planning for these disasters will make sure we're safe. And it's the best way to protect that legacy. Ah, those beans smell heavenly. <laughs> Give Mama a little credit. You know what? We should make an emergency communication plan. That way we're ready this year. Oh, great idea. At my dorm, we have emergency kits for earthquakes and wildfires, but I'm sure there's something more local I can send you with the link. Okay, smart. I'm coming to share with you guys. Protect your legacy. Plan for natural disasters today. Visit ready.gov forward slash plan. Right now, the forgotten poor are waiting for healing and care, for life-saving medical care, for a chance to live with dignity and hope. They are waiting for Mercy Ships and you. Mercy Ships is the largest floating civilian hospital in the world with volunteer medical staff and crew who donate their time to save lives. And now, as our newest state-of-the-art hospital ship sets sail, Mercy Ships will double our ability to reach children and adults who need us now. Without the work of Mercy Ships, these patients don't have another option. Mercy Ships is answering the call to serve suffering people who have nowhere else to turn. Together, we are going to some of the world's most desperate places and bringing a wave of hope and healing to those who need it most. Thank you! Thank you! To learn more about this wave of hope, go to mercyships.org today. You are about to, about to hear today's news talk and the voice of freedom. That's what this country is all about. TNT Radio. All right, folks, welcome back. Steve Malsberg here. You could follow me on Twitter, by the way, at Steve M Talk. And you could follow me on uh, Facebook. Same same thing. 
facebook.com slash Steve M talk, Instagram, Steve M talk, and uh, all that kind of great, wonderful stuff. So um, the former speaker of the house, Kevin McCarthy made a, a very interesting comment uh, on Fox news on Sunday morning with Maria Bartiromo called Sunday morning uh, uh, futures. And he said that um, the, the, the GOP in the house has moved closer to filing an impeachment inquiry, an official impeachment inquiry into President Biden, the birthday boy, um, because he says we have to hold the go- you know the government accountable, and that it's being pursued by the new Speaker uh, Mike Johnson. No one in America would have known that Biden has lied, that they received money from China, that he did get involved in the business dealings of his son when he. You know, his son got a new Porsche. Three million dollars was sent to him. This is all because of the Republicans, all because of the Republicans. And it's it's something that I, I hope. But here's the thing. While I hope they do pursue it, it, it's 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 really it's almost a waste of time. And I'll tell you why. Because Joe Biden's not going to be running for president. Now, I heard some people speculating today on Fox, um, on the panel or wherever or somewhere, maybe it was CNN, I don't know, that he'll go home for the holidays, probably over Christmas holiday, and come back and say, I talked it over with my family and whatever. When he wakes up, he'll say, I'm not running for whatever reason. I don't know if it's health. I don't know what he'll cite. Spend time with his family, his kids, his grandkids, whatever. Drive his Corvette, ride his bike, fall asleep. He's not going to run. Now, the question is, does he wait? Is he being told to wait until right before the convention so that it's too late for anybody else to get on ballots? The primaries won't be instrumental in picking who will be the successor, and they'll pick Michelle Obama at the convention. I don't know. I, I, that, I, that I don't know. Um, all right. So, but somebody who could speculate uh, maybe better than me, certainly knows a lot more than me when it comes to Joe Biden and what Joe Biden has done. And so my point there was that I, I just don't think it's going to mean anything if they launch an impeachment inquiry and and even impeach him. And even if he was voted out, you know, months, months from now, that's not, it wouldn't matter, wouldn't mean much. So I, I don't know if they should be doing that. I'll see if my next guest uh, disagrees or agrees. Mike McCormick, of course, former Obama stenographer, uh, author of a brand new book, The Case to Impeach <laughs> and Imprison Joe Biden. And uh, welcome back, my friend. Thanks, Steve. Thanks for having me back. It's always my pleasure. So there's a lot that's happened. Um, lots going on. McCarthy yesterday, as I alluded to, waiting for you to get on, uh, said that we're moving closer to a, uh, a an official impeachment inquiry. But tell me, uh, first of all, about the book. I, I heard you tease some of the things in the book, and it it, it, it makes me really want to get it and read it. So so talk to me Good. about uh, about some of the things that are in it. Well, it's based on um, 
the time I spent with Joe Biden as a stenographer from 2011 through 2017, traveling around the world. And this book focuses on um, trips that he took to Ukraine. And um, I use uh, my knowledge of what happened on those trips, who was on them. And I go into the White House, um, Obama's WhiteHouse.gov website, and pull up transcripts of speeches and background briefings. And the thing about me is, in this situation, I'm a witness. I know who was speaking in the background briefings, though on the transcript it has him identified as a senior administration official. I was a witness to the event because I recorded it and transcribed it and made the transcript. Mm. So I can identify the senior administration officials as one of them is Jake Sullivan. So he was the speaker on several occasions in these transcripts. And then there's um, Joe Biden's speeches and Joe Biden remarks. Well, overlaid on top of that official information is what I know from um, diving into the Hunter Biden laptop. I was given a copy of the uh, Hunter Biden laptop by Marco Polo. They're an uh, anti-corruption nonprofit. So I've been writing a substack on it for uh, about almost three years now, two years now, two years ago, I started 2021, just about this time. Um, and the substack is called Midnight in the Laptop of Good and Evil. And so out yep. of that, the discoveries I made during that substack, I created this book. Um, it's going to be published by Bombardier Books. It'll be available on uh, Amazon and in um, the Barnes and Noble bookstores. Uh, it's coming out soon. We don't know exactly when. I'm looking at final galleys as we speak, um, and hopefully that'll mean uh, we can get it out into the hands of the public uh, before Christmas. Well, that would be great. Is there a way to pre-order it right now? Not yet. We don't have a release date. We don't have a way to pre-order it. But um, all right. Well, you, you know, know what? We do. When, when that when that comes about, Mike, we'll have you back. And we'll talk more about the book and we'll have to you know, tell people how they could get it and all that kind of good stuff. Um, so I was just speculating. Um, I don't know how much you heard well, right before I came to you about what McCarthy said and about, you know, is it worth it? It, it, it has nothing to do with the book, because I, I, I do want to know everything that, that you know and everything that's in that book. But I, I, is it worth it for the Republicans who have a year now to get their message out? And I have to mix that in with with the consideration because they don't get their message out. We saw what happened on the abortion vote a few weeks ago. And there are those in the Republican Party saying if they don't get their message out and take on the Democrats and go head to head, they're going to lose. And that it's on that issue mm. and it's on other issues that they don't fight back on. They don't talk about. So do I really want them to concentrate, you know, the, the, the few months leading into the election, possibly of impeaching Joe Biden at that point, which is going to kind of be, I think, insignificant because I think he's going to drop out. Or should they spend their time passing bills, doing other things so they could say to the American public, here's what we've done? What do you, what do you think at this point? Well, I know this book is tremendous ammunition for anybody who wants to stifle any uh, aid going to Ukraine. I mean, my book has un you know, unimpeachable evidence, infallible evidence that Joe Biden was a criminal in his activities in Ukraine. And the people he was a criminal with 
are still in power there. And there's evidence supplied not by anybody but Joe Biden and the Obama-Biden White House. It's their own words. It's their own materials that incriminate them in this. So why would we give more money to them? So there's a big fight coming in the, in the Congress about that. And this book lands right in the middle of that, that fight. This book also lands right in the middle of the David Weiss uh, special counsel investigation. If he does not have me as a witness after this book comes out, he's running a fraudulent investigation. You know, we've just seen sort of the waving the hand over the, uh, the top of the uh, her investigation over the um, classified documents that, you know, they say, oh, it doesn't look like Joe Biden did anything wrong. And that's just clearly a double standard of justice. I mean, he definitely did something wrong. He's a vice president. He's not supposed to have classified documents hoarded in his house and in his garage. Right. And, you know, some of those documents may be involved in this case uh, that I'm talking about. You know, there's a significant portion of the case that takes place in Delaware um, for a period of time in April 2014. So those documents may be in his house and they may have been in his garage since that time. And so, but it looks like they're not going to do anything. The reports are they're not going to they're not going to charge him with anything. On on the on the classified documents, right? Yeah, that's the reports. You know, we'll see. We'll see what kind of pressure gets put on him. Yeah. The the big thing is um, clear. The the book also shows the broad conspiracy that was involved. It's not just Joe Biden and his family and his family members. And frankly, so far, the Oversight Committee's investigation is focusing by focusing on the bank accounts and the banking leaves a lot of people out of it. I don't. I put Joe, I put Joe Biden in it, but I put the U.S. Embassy in Ukraine in it. They're involved in it. I put Barack Obama and senior administration officials in his White House in it. Barack Obama was the invisible hand behind this. And there's a lot of examples of why directly. I love it. Put I, into the book. I love it. I can't, so, I, I really, you know. Mike, I, re, I really can't wait. And again, folks, be on the lookout. And we will have Mike back, uh, the, the case to impeach and imprison Joe Biden. Let me ask you um, about a, a trip that Biden took to Israel and Ramallah mm. uh, back in 2016. Uh, you've talked about this uh, or, and or written about it and how you believe that that plays a role in in how he's handling uh, policy on the uh, Israel-Hamas war today. Yeah. So in 2016, we went to the Middle East with Joe. Uh, it was summer. Um, we went to um, uh, not gutter. We went to United Arab Emirates, um, Dubai, and uh, we spent a couple days there. And then we flew from there to Israel. Well, you can't fly from Dubai to Israel. You, in that time, at that time, 2014, it was right. illegal for a plane to fly from Dubai to Israel. So we flew to uh, Amman, we flew to Jordan, uh, landed, and sat on the runway for about 30 minutes, letting the brakes cool. And meanwhile, the Secret Service agents were running around inside the, the plane, looking out the windows, just expecting a, you know, an incoming missile strike from the warehouses across the, across the way at, at the edge of the airport runway. And so, you know, we got up in the air. We got landed in Israel. We went and he met with um, Netanyahu, Benjamin Netanyahu. He calls him Bibi. They're old friends. 
You know, Biden has a long history, he says, in Israel. He started as a U.S. center in 72. The Yom Kippur War was October 73. No, Golda Meir. He sat down with Golda Meir, supposedly, and that's a bunch of baloney, too, as far as the timing that he, the timeline he puts forth. That's exactly right. So fast forwarding to now, he pretends like he's this great friend of Israel. But he's in there having these conversations with the the Palestinians as equals in this two-state solution, which we now know is just a farce. So we land in in Israel. He goes to Shimon Peres Peace Center in Haifa. And just around the corner as he's meeting, there's a stabbing, a a terrorist stabbing of a young American ex-service member. I don't remember that gentleman's name. He he was killed. That terrorist's family was paid. They were um, rewarded for this act by this terrorist with a lifetime pension. That money that paid that, that terrorist came from U.S. taxpayers. And I didn't know yep. that at the time. They've since passed a law yep. that makes that illegal. Later in that, well, we're driving. Nah, well, I, I, I think I think it's. I think it's it's not illegal anymore. When you talk about you, when you say they passed the law, you mean the U.S. or or the Palestinians? U.S. US passed the law. Yeah, the U.S. passed the law, and I don't. I, I, I don't. I don't think. I, don't, I still. I know. I know they're trying to keep track of it. I know they needed to stop. It's not stopped. Uh, yeah. You know, there's a whole bunch of stuff that Trump cut off funding and reasons why, and then Biden reinstated the, I think, $218 million immediately when he took office back to the Palestinians and UNRWA and all that with their textbooks and schools. Uh, Fox just did a story right. on it tonight, how they teach to hate and kill the Jews. Uh, and and, we're, and right. we're funding that. We're funding that. And we're funding So it's that. all messed up. I'm sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt, but go ahead. Yeah. And so, you know, we're driving to Ramallah. We go to the Ramallah compound. He meets... Um, uh, the Palestinian, oh, his name escapes me right now, sorry. Um, anyway, uh, we're in Ramallah. He meets, as we're driving there, there's Palestinian police officers every 50 yards with their automatic weapons. And I'm sitting in this van, and there's a Wall Street Journal. There's, it's up-armored. There's gunmen and, you know, protector, protective gunmen in, on, on our detail helping us driving. In the Wall Street Journal, I go, I go, man, these guys really turned out for Joe Biden. And the Wall Street Journal guy goes, well, you're paying them. You know, U.S. taxpayers have been paying these guys. And like you said, when Trump came in, he changed that. And he also made it so you could land a plane directly from United Arab Emirates flying directly into Israel. That's what Trump did. Well, we and had Biden the Abraham Accords. The, the Abraham Accords. Exactly. The, the Abraham exactly. Accords, uh, uh, Mike. I yeah. And, you know... So Biden's undoing that. He's giving money back to terrorists in, in Iran. And it's just a despicable way of doing business. And it's not just Joe Biden. It's, you know, behind the scenes is Barack Obama sort of egging Absolutely. on. His, Absolutely. The infrastructure of his former administration is still in place in all this. It is it is so messed up, um, Mike. I, I I look I look forward to the book. You let me know as soon as it's available, to, even for pre order, and you have a publishing date, and we'll bring you back and we'll talk more about it. And maybe you could also reveal a little bit more at that time of what's in it. And until then, stay yeah. healthy and safe, and have a great Thanksgiving holiday. And thanks for coming back, my friend. Thanks, Steve. Thanks for talking. And uh, sorry we didn't connect right away, oh, but we'll get it better next time. We'll have a good, you have a great Thanksgiving too.
Yeah, mi- midnight in the uh, in the laptop of good and evil. Correct. Correct. And the book will be okay. um, the case to impeach and imprison Joe Biden. Right. Sounds good to me. Uh, Mike, take care. Thanks, Steve. Okay. Sorry, folks, that we didn't have a uh, Mike uh, on video with us, but. Um, next time. All right. We will come back. We have one final segment left in the hour right here on TNT. De-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective. Once again, I'm going to quote from my buddy Mark Marano's Climate Depot. This is just unbelievable what I see going on at this summit between Biden and the Chinese government. As a matter of fact, the most alarming thing is that John Kerry was anywhere around that place. These two guys and their administrations have been bullying the United States of America over a problem that even if it existed, we have very little to do with it. Australia, UK, you have nothing to do with it. Canada, you have nothing to do with it. Seriously, if you look at the amount of CO2 you put in the air compared to total CO2, it truncates to zero. Now, who is the biggest polluter, if you want to call CO2 pollutant? It's China. So expert raise alarm after Biden strikes climate agreement with China to shut down fossil fuels. What, what kind of insanity is this? China thumbs their nose and laughs at the rest of the world. And guess what? It's our fault they do it. You know why? They know darn well that this is not a big disaster. They know darn well they have to push forward their population. I mean, I realize China's in bad shape as far as freedoms go, but they are trying to work in their own whatever manner to try to create more freedoms and more prosperity for China. So of course they're going to sit there and try to stop the United States. And these guys just walk right into it. It's disgusting. Americans are letting a guy and his buddy John Kerry bully them over a situation they have precious little to do with. Let me read you the facts. CO2 is 0.042% of the atmosphere. Man is responsible for 3 to 5% of that. The United States is responsible for 10% of that total. Australia, Canada, the UK, about 1%. Essentially, it's nothing. Much ado about nothing. They weaponize weather in a phony climate war. It's unbelievable. This is TNT Climate and Weather Watchdog Meteorologist Joe Bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you got. I need to go get my rabies shots. Prescription drug pricing points to corporate Freedom of the press is about your right to know. It's about your right to be informed. Today, there are real threats to press freedom. And your right to know about the world around us. We must protect our right to know, no matter what kind of news is important to you. Before it's too late, understand the threats. ProtectPressFreedom.org Military families often sacrifice precious time away from loved ones while serving our country. And for those with children, the separation can be especially difficult. We were worried that with him leaving, that she would lose those connections with her dad. Some of life's best moments happen between parents, children, and the pages of a good book. United Through Reading provides that connection. You can watch your mom or dad read a book to you, and it almost feels like they're really there. We ensure they remain a consistent, meaningful part of their children's lives, no matter the distance. 
just seeing Jacob recognize Daddy again after a long time just melted my heart. And now, as we're facing greater isolation from our loved ones, United Through Reading is also available to veterans. Learn more about United Through Reading and download our free secure app at unitedthroughreading.org. You're with Steve Malsberg on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, folks, welcome back. Um, Megan Kelly, I, I like the uh, the highlights that I get to see, uh, whether it's on Instagram. I, I usually run to, into it on Instagram or Real Clear Politics or one of the one of the, uh, you know, the the uh, media um, websites. Uh, I, I like watching, you know, her in small doses, nothing against her. But um, so she was uh, this was posted on Instagram and I just found it very, uh, very interesting. Uh, then we have a few more uh, things from her, her weighing in on something Gail King did on the CBS morning show, which was, again, you've got to be out of your mind, but one thing at a time. <laughs> hey, that hurt. Uh, let, let's go. I heard rattling. Let's go to um, to um, Megan Kelly here, uh, cut 214. I'm happy to go out. I understand some Jewish people right now are telling their kids not to wear their Star of David, not to wear the yarmulke, to be careful. Bethany Mandel was saying she had to have an active shooter discussion with her kids on the way to Temple last week. Like, I, I get the fear, but I also get, we have to remember here in particular, this is America. Like, we don't cower. F these people. In nine times out of 10, these snot-nosed college assholes are just spewing a bunch of BS they don't even understand. They're not actually going to harm anybody. And somebody needs to get in their face and make them understand there's no backing down. There's another side. The majority of this country supports Israel recognizes this was a terrorist attack and you can spew your nonsense all you want, but there's a much louder voice in this country, much louder. Well, good for her. Um, but I, I, for, first of all, making an assumption that nobody's going to hurt anybody is a huge assumption. We've had people uh, in America already get hurt. We had one man die. Um, we've had, again, still don't know the name or the circumstances surrounding the woman in charge of the synagogue in Detroit. She was just found dead shortly after October 7th. Right away, they said, no, no bias crime here, no hate crime here. Now they made an arrest a week or so ago. Can't tell you the guy's name, but there's no hate crime. <laughs> so, you know, things are happening. Rahm Emanuel, Rahm Emanuel, who worked for Barack Obama, and is a you know a lifelong uh, Democrat. Uh, he just said uh, they spray paint. He's, he's the, the ambassador to. He's the ambassador to France, maybe. Um, now, they just spray painted his uh, the outside of his house. Yeah, so you know, it, it, but anyway, there are people who are who are scared. There are people, of course, students, college students. They've never run into anything like this. They never imagined anything like this. Who imagined anything like this? Who? You know, you got people supporting Nazis. They're supporting Nazis on campus. They cheer the attack. And then they say the attack didn't happen or that Israel did the attack. I mean, they're worse than the Nazis. Okay. So, of course, they're scared. So Gail King on CBS has this uh, poor guy on whose daughter is being held hostage. By the way, when's the last time you are? Wasn't today an international 
was it Kids Day or something? Did you hear the UN or any international people or uh, uh, anybody say free the hostages, free the little babies that are still being held, the nine-year-olds, the seven-year-olds, the infants? No, nobody cares about that, baby. Um, so this guy's daughter is being held hostage. So he's on CBS Mornings, Gail King, Oprah's buddy, not very smart up here. Um, this is how it went. Here's cut. Uh, and Megan Kelly weighs in. Uh, this is uh, she's on the Rubin Report. And here's 201. So Gail King is one of the co-hosts of CBS This Morning. And I was critical of her yesterday on Twitter, among many other people who are who are critical of her. But man alive, let me just say behind the scenes, her team freaked out. They really want me to take back my criticism. It's a no. Okay? No, you should it's a not. No. I retweeted you. No, you should yeah. not. Because I'm not stand by every away. word. Every word. So here's what she did while interviewing the father of a hostage eight-year-old girl being held by Hamas. So this man moved to Israel 30 years ago. He's Irish. He raised his daughter there in Israel. And she was one of the little girls taken hostage off of a kibbutz in uh, Israel. She is now in Hamas custody. We do not know whether she's dead or alive. And Gail King has him on the show and decides this would be a great way to talk to him and great place to go with him. But now this seems to be all about politics. What do you say about that? You know, you have innocent children and Palestinians who are dying, innocent Israeli children who are dying, and no one seems to be able to say enough, stop that. I'm not interested in politics at all. Uh, my only concern is getting Emily back. Oh, well, she's supposed to say unbelievable, but here's what she did say. Here's uh, cut 202. Unbelievable. I, to me, it was grossly inappropriate to bring up this moral equivalency between, you know, some Israeli kids were hurt, but some Palestinian kids, they're also, they've also been taken. And now it's just kind of politics. That's not at all what's happening here. This is not about politics. It's about an evil terrorist group that killed 1,400 innocents, including children and women, and has this man's daughter right now. You don't go there with him. It was insensitive. It was wrong. And yes, to those of you at CBS wondering whether I saw the whole interview, I watched the whole thing. That was okay. Well, you get the uh, you get the idea. And that was my mistake. I was waiting for un inappropriate uh, or unbelievable, but it was in the next cut. Okay, folks. So there you go. Tomorrow, God willing, Dick Morris will join us. Uh, Jason Olborn, of course, is next right here. And um, can't wait to to see you all tomorrow again. And you could see me tomorrow again uh, right here on TNT Radio Vision.